The landscape of North America's networks is rapidly evolving. New technologies like 5G carry a lot of promise to redefine the way we do business, learn, and connect with one another. But we're not there just yet. From the budget to build, software to secure, and Spectrum to support all use cases regardless of locale, a lot needs to happen before everyone can tap into its fullest potential. Tune in to Nokia today, where we discuss how policymakers, enterprises, and industry leaders are working together to bring today's network capabilities to scale for the future. Hello and welcome to Nokia Today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Nokia announced on July 7th, 2020, that it is taking steps to accelerate the availability of OpenRAN solutions. Here to discuss what OpenRAN is, why it's necessary, and the benefits it provides is Sandro Tavares, Global Head of Mobile Networks Marketing for Nokia. Sandro, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me, Tyler. Really excited to discuss this topic that is calling so much attention these days. You're absolutely right. This is a, a big topic, and that leads us straight into the first topic of conversation that I wanted to, to touch on today. And uh, just to begin, Sandro, can you describe what OpenRAN is and why it's an important thing for us to discuss? Yeah, sure. So OpenRAN started with the, well, Lots of uh, service providers and vendors like Nokia getting together to define uh, an easier way for different building blocks into the radio network to operate, right? So the, the standards they have evolved like since the first generation of mobile networks. And if you take, for example, 2G, things tended to be pretty open, right? So you could have uh, inter pretty easy interoperability between different uh, vendors. And as things evolved and got more complex with 3G, 4G, and 5G, we, well, we created new interfaces between the building blocks of the radio network. And all of a sudden, we got to a, to a situation where the networks became much more close. You still had interoperability between the radio network and the core network, but within the radio network, you really had a more vertical solution where basically all of the building blocks had to come from a single vendor. So with that, it was decided by the initial groups that were working with these, either in the TIP project or in the open, on the ORAN Alliance, that it would be beneficial for the industry that these interfaces between the different building blocks of the radio network would be standardized. So you could actually have operators and basically projects or 5G utilizing solutions from different vendors into the same radio network. And you also would reduce the barrier for the entry of new vendors in this domain. Right, and not only like radio vendors, but also you know software developers and so on to really expand the ecosystem of companies that will be working to implement and innovate with 5G. So that's basically what it is. It is about creating open interfaces between the different building blocks of the radio access network and also exposing open APIs so you can also have new players developing software that 
utilize the capabilities of the 5G networks to create new services and even to optimize the performance of, of those networks. So it's possible, Sandro, that, that somebody's listening to this podcast and they've heard of OpenRAN, maybe they've heard of VRAN and CloudRAN as well. So how does mm -hmm. OpenRAN differ from VRAN and CloudRAN? Yeah, it's interesting that you ask because we see quite a lot of confusion still going on about these terms, right? So let me start with uh, CloudRAN slash VRAN. So people tend to mix these two and, and put them in the same pocket, which is fine, right? So the concept of, of VRAN and CloudRAN passes through virtualizing parts of the processing of the radio access network. So traditionally, what you have when you're building a, a radio network is you have a baseband system, which is usually running in a purposely built hardware, right? That runs all of the computing aspects of the radio network. And then usually on top of the towers, you're gonna have the radio units where you actually have, you know, the, the RF power, so the radio frequency equipment to really, you know, send the signal out to the world. So what VRAN does is to get the software that is running on the system modules so on the on the processing part of the network and put it to run in a virtualized environment right so with with off the shelf hardware so basically x86 servers a virtualization layer which could be something like an open stack and then the software running on top of that so you basically break the this dependence between hardware and software. So you're not building anymore your baseband radio software just for a specific piece of hardware. You're building it in such a way that it can run in a, in a data center environment and potentially in a full cloud native environment in the near future, right? So that is different than open RAN. So if we put like these two in perspective, kind of, you could say that VRAN and CloudRAN, they're pretty good catalysts for open RAN solutions, but they are different. So open RAN means that you're going to get these building blocks and you're going to get them to interoperate between each other, utilizing open standards, right? So, but at the end of the day, you can have VRAN networks that are, you know, all provided by a single vendor and they are not open by definition because they could be running proprietary interfaces. And you can also have, even though it's not going to be very usual, you could also think about open RAN networks that are built with uh, proprietary hardware and software solutions, but with the open interfaces guaranteeing that you can actually get uh, solutions from different vendors to interoperate. So kind of summarizing, uh, what we can say is that VRAN and CloudRAN is about breaking the hard dependence that used to happen between hardware and software and making sure that the baseband software for the radio uh, unit can run in any, let's say, cloud-based infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And then OpenRAN guarantees that solutions from different vendors 
in the, in the blueprint of the radio network can interoperate freely via the adoption of open interfaces between them. So Sandra, one of the big concerns regarding 5G is security. So tell me a little bit about those concerns and how OpenRAN fits into that overall security conversation. Yeah, another great question, Tyler. So security has always been very central to the discussion in mobile networks, right? And as we evolved the technology, once again, like from the beginning of everything, up to now, as the technologies and basically as the mobile network became more driven by IP protocols and more, let's say, more connected to the internet, of course, the security concerns and the security actions, they, they increased, right? Now we are taking with 5G a, a pretty significant step into getting the mobile network, getting the network deeper into, into the society, I would say, right? So basically we are talking about a network that not only is going to be connecting people with mobile devices, but it's also going to be connecting things, right? Mm-hmm. So 5G is going to be deep into like manufacturing processes, mining processes. It can actually transform quite a lot of activities within healthcare, driving, so basically transportation and so on. So it is fundamental that we make sure that this network works and that is absolutely secure, right? So that's why considering that the stakes with 5G, they actually went pretty higher compared to the other generations. That's why there is an extreme concern. And and that's also why there's a lot of actions that are being taken to make sure that these 5G networks are absolutely secure. So not only they function properly, but they are not subject to a potential attack. They're not subject to, you know, potential influences from ill-motived individuals or organizations, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why security for 5G is so important because it becomes really a, a central part of the way that society will operate in the future. Absolutely. Now, uh, Sandro, you mentioned during the first question that one of the things that OpenRAN provides for is a stronger and wider ecosystem of providers, right? So why is that an important thing to have and why is that important for 5G? It is extremely important because first of all, as I said, so 5G is going to play a much bigger role in, in our society, right? So all of a sudden, this network is not only about providing you a device with very high speed so you can watch Netflix or you can do video calls and things like that. Not that this is not important, but this is a network that is going to be deeply connected to the way that we work, the way that we live, of course, the way that we play as well. And basically that the way that the world generates wealth, right? And for that, of course, I mean, to create these new capabilities, it is important that you have innovation, right? Uh, And continuous innovation. So not only by building the initial network, but also by finding out good ways of leveraging its benefits, right? And that's why having a wider ecosystem of players in the 5G world actually is beneficial, right? Because 
you have more companies investing, you have more companies actually thinking about new ways of utilizing the network. And that can play both ways. And those are actually two aspects where open RAN will, will help significantly, right? So one is really having more players building networks. So you have a stronger and more secure ecosystem of telecom vendors, right? So that you have more players, our customers have more choice, and that actually one player pushes the other and challenges the other to continue developing and improving their products, which you see as extremely healthy. But on top of that, the fact that the open RAN, and especially like the O-RAN Alliance standards, they define a new element that is exposing APIs to developers is really fundamentally transformational, right? Because now basically any software developer can learn these APIs and start kind of developing new services based on these APIs as well. So either as functionalities to optimize the way that the, the network works, right? But also as potential new services that could be sold. For example, you could think about a software, an application that is developed to optimize the way that video is delivered to the end users via the mobile phone network, right? So, and several other applications. So at the end of the day, it is important that you have a stronger ecosystem innovating, not only so you have better network solutions, but you also have a wider array of innovative services that are gonna be available for uh, people to leverage this network. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of companies, for example, in the AR and VR industry, and they're extremely pumped about the capabilities that 5G is going to bring for them to uh, advance their products even more and to advance actually the reach of the applications that they are generating. So there's a lot of good things that will come with 5G. And for that, we do need a strong ecosystem, of course. So Sandro, you mentioned right off the top that there has been a lot of conversation, a lot of hype surrounding Open RAN and 5G. So help us put things in perspective and, and yeah. maybe give us a reasonable timeline for when we can actually expect things to happen. Yeah. So 5G is a reality, right? So if you go, for example, here in the US, we do have all of the major service providers already selling 5G and building, well, strong networks in the biggest cities and with strong plans actually for nationwide coverage. So 5G is a reality, it is here to stay, but I would say that we are in the initial step of 5G, right? So our offers are still based on mobile broadband and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's always great to have better broadband, especially in the times that we are right now where it's such a fundamental uh, tool for us to work and study and, and and play as well, right? But beyond that, right, there, there's still quite a lot to be done. I would say that we're just scratching the surface of what 5G is going to be able to do. So our next step ahead of us is really to start entering into the applications that will leverage the full array of capabilities that 5G brings in terms of lower latency and so on. And that's where applications uh, around industrial automation, around 
healthcare and, and so on, they are going to start to, to arise, right? And that, of course, requires a transformation on our industry, right? So it's all of a sudden we come from a world that is purely focused or mostly focused on selling connectivity and broadband connectivity into a world where service providers are going to be able to actually sell value-added services for specific verticals, right? And us, as vendors, we also have to be able to help our customers succeed in this market. So this is like the next step ahead of us, and it's beginning right now. Open RAN is also, I mean, an object of a lot of discussions, which is, of course, very welcome. But we also need to be careful about the timelines, right? So we really want to get to a world where there is a seamless interoperability between elements, radio access network elements from different vendors, which requires that these interfaces that I talked about that are defined by the ORAN Alliance are properly implemented, right? And we are, we are looking to speed up the, this activity, but still it would be Kind of an overstatement to say that Open RAN is fully ready now. Mm -hmm. You do have one implementation that is pretty big in Japan that was done where we are part of, but even that one is still not based in the open standard. So it was more like a direct integration project, which is great. I mean, it proves the value of Open RAN, but as an industry, we have to really work together to get these interfaces properly defined and ready, get them implemented into our products, and then really be able to claim to our customers that they can really uh, work and build their networks thinking in a, in a fully interoperable environment, in a fully open and compliant environment. As you mentioned in the opening of this podcast, we have announced in July that we are working to speed up these right and add these interfaces in our products as soon as possible and looking into initial capabilities being available towards 2021 but that also requires that uh, within these these work groups within the the ORAN alliance that we really work to make sure that the that these interfaces they are properly defined they also support the more advanced functionalities in the radio access network in 5G. So we really can say that Open RAN is a reality right now. So bottom line, yes, we fully support Open RAN. We are pushing for it to happen fast, but we have to be responsible in not overstating the capabilities of the technology right here, right now. We need time as an industry to really get together over developing these interfaces and making sure that we are ready to, to deliver a good solution and a good experience to our customers by utilizing these open interfaces starting potentially 2021. Mm. Absolutely. I think you used the key word there, and that was, you know, being responsible about what you're communicating. And, and you mentioned the open interfaces there. And I'm curious just what, from your perspective, are the biggest obstacles that need to be overcome? If you could just provide a, a summary of some of those, some of those obstacles that, that need to be overcome before this is a fully realized um, reality for people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say they're obstacles, right? They're mm-hmm. more like our our to-do list. Let's put it like <laughs> that, right? But yeah, so as I mentioned, to really work, there, there is inside the ORAN Alliance, which is really the group that is advancing to define these interfaces. There are several work groups that define the several interfaces that we're going to, that we, we have to develop to make sure that we implement the full vision of open RAN. So it's really advancing on these work groups to really close the specification of these interfaces, not only for a basic support of a 5G network, but actually expanding them so they can support also more advanced capabilities like, for example, massive MIMO, care aggregation, and things like that. So I would say it's fair to expect that we're going to be doing these in different releases, right? But having, of course, like an initial implementation that is fully interoperable is important, even with basic functionalities, but we also have to look into evolving that. So that is the first one. The second one is to really make sure that we are able to test them and to show to our customers that the interoperability, and especially a seamless interoperability of uh, solutions from different vendors is happening. So they feel more comfortable to, to implement that, right? And the third aspect I would say is to really uh, leverage the open APIs a little bit stronger in a little bit stronger way, right? So that we are able to start creating these applications that I talked about, not only to optimize further the performance of the network, but also to enable the implementation of of new services. So these, I would say, the top three points that need to be taken care of in the near future. But that said, I mean, I, I firmly believe that all of the members of the ORAN Alliance, they are heavily involved in, in working in these groups and sorting out all of, the, all of the requirements for these interfaces to make sure that this is all progressing as fast as, as possible in terms of the, the advancement of the technology. Sandro Tavares, Global Head of Mobile Networks Marketing for Nokia. Thank you so much for joining us today and uh, providing this comprehensive look at what OpenRAN is and where it's going in the future. So, Sandro, thank you for joining us on the podcast. No, thank you very much. And everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of Nokia Today. We were very happy to have you. I hope you found it uh, as informative and educational as I did. Of course, you can always listen to more episodes of Nokia Today by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find uh, more episodes there, and we will be back soon with more episodes of the show. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. 